Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. Amen and amen. Give God the praise. Hallelujah. Tonight, beloved saints, as we begin our message tonight, I'm going to be speaking to you. Hallelujah. About something that God put on my heart this morning that was so heavy before the Lord. It was so heavy on my heart concerning an anointing that God is going to be giving here tonight to all of us. And that, my dear friends, is how to operate in as if nothing is missing anointing. Now, some of you may say, what does that mean? As if nothing is missing. But I'm about to tell you, no matter what the devil has taken from you, no matter where you are, whatever you feel you are missing, the God that we serve is able to give you exactly what you have, what it seems like has been taken from you, to not be taken from you, even though you may not see it, you will still operate in a nothing is missing anointing, and somebody should give God the praise. So tonight as we begin, I want to address the fact of loss because there are many today in this very room that have gone through different levels of loss. You have gone through testings and trials and many of us ask the question, what do we do in a time of loss? There are some people in this room tonight that feel absolutely hopeless because you feel like what you were believing God for fell through. Some of you have been believing God for a long time and you haven't seen what you've been believing God for. You haven't seen the fruit of your prayers. But beloved, I want to tell you tonight that we serve a God who is able to give us even where we're at, even if you can't see it, you can still operate in an as if nothing happened anointing upon you. Hallelujah. I want you all to say this with me. Tonight, I'm going to operate in a new anointing. An anointing as if nothing is missing. It doesn't matter what the enemy tried to take. Because the God that I serve is able to make it happen for me the way he did throughout the scriptures. All right, now some of you may say, what is Dr. Corral talking about? First of all, I want you to know that the Bible is the only book ever written that is filled with supernatural solutions to every problem. Somebody ought to say, the Bible is filled with supernatural solutions. And tonight I'm about to receive one. Come on, tonight I'm about to receive one. Somebody ought to give God the praise. Hallelujah. 
It is possible for you, beloved, to have success even when at before you were operating at 100%. And maybe you perceive your losses at 80% and you're now operating at 20%. Did you know that it is possible to still operate as if nothing is missing and I'm going to prove that to you through the word of God tonight some of us have say I've gone through so many losses I don't know how to handle it some of us are in a state of panic and we're asking God why but tonight I'm going to show you from the word of God that God is able even if you're operating at a 20% level that God is able to make it be like Nothing is missing. Are you hearing me tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. Tonight we're going to be looking at the book of 2 Chronicles. And when we look at 2 Chronicles, there are secrets in reading the word of God. And especially in what I call reading the script. What does it mean when we read the script? When we read the word of God, we're actually reading about our own lives. I want you to understand when you are reading biblical history, you are not reading history. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew language, there is no such thing as history in the Bible, even though the Bible does have history. Because it's not about history. It's about prophetic retrospect. And that is different. That means that God uses history to teach us. God uses history in prophetic retrospect. So one of the most spiritually significant tools that God uses to move us into the miraculous is to show us what he did then so we will know he can do it again. Are you with me? Somebody ought to say what God did then he'll do again. Now, beloved saints, Tonight, I want you to see that our text is going to be taken from one of the men of God in Scripture by the name of Azza. Azza was the king of Judah. But the beginning of the narrative on the life of Azza does not begin with Azza. It actually begins with the Davidic dynasty because he is a descendant of King David. And it is extremely important that we understand if we are going to participate tonight, which God is going to give to everyone of us in this place and all of those viewing on the networks th this night, he is going to be able to impart to us a nothing is missing anointing. And the way that God is going to do it is the same way that he did it of old. I want you to understand that the Davidic dynasty is based on a concept in scripture called in the merit of. Can you say that with me? In the merit of. Now there's a lot of conjecture that we might have in the Western world about in the merit of. But in the merit of is a concept. And it is a concept called zahut. Can you say that with me? Zahut. Zahut has to do with promises and inheritance that has been laid up for us. And in particular, promises and inheritance was laid up for the, for the descendants of King David beginning with Solomon. And I wanna tell you what that was. So let's look first of all, when you know that the scripture is referring to 
in the merit of, you are going to see the words for David's sake. Okay, for David, my servant's sake. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 11. 1 Kings chapter 11, and in looking in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 32, we are going to see a very powerful scripture. And the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 11, but let's begin with verse 31 for context. The Bible says in the last line of verse 31, Behold, I will rend the kingdom of David out of the hand of Solomon and will give you ten tribes. But he will have one tribe, which is Benjamin, for my servant David's sake and for the city which I have chosen, Jerusalem's sake, out of all the tribes of Israel. Now, beloved, we've taken this out of context, and this seems like to be the worst news. All right, we've taken this out of context. This is a prophetic word that God is giving to a man by the name of Jeroboam who started out walking with God but ended up going astray. And I want you to know what happened to Jeroboam. Jeroboam was told by the Lord because of Solomon's sin, because Solomon did not die in the power of God and in the presence of God. Because of Solomon's sin and because of his son Rehoboam's sin, the 12 tribes of Israel are now going to go, the primary portion, 10 tribes, are going to go into the hands of someone who is not David's descendant. And that is Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Can you imagine losing 10 tribes from your kingdom? Somebody say that's a huge loss. Okay, 10 tribes being taken out of the kingdom is not like five tribes. It's not half. 10 tribes is not like a quarter. 10 tribes actually is 80%. It leaves, it leaves David's son, David's descendant, with Judah, that's one, and another tribe, one tribe left, and that's Benjamin. And the only reason why Benjamin is left, somebody might say, well, why Benjamin? Why not, you know, Asher, or why not uh, Manasseh, or why not the largest tribe in terms of population? Why not Ephraim? No, it's going to be Benjamin, because Judah took responsibility for Benjamin in the book of Genesis. So that was in the merit of Judah taking the responsibility for Benjamin and being willing to be his substitute. God always puts Judah and Benjamin together. So for the sake of Judah, because God's faithfulness to his word, God's faithful promises, it doesn't matter how many generations there are in between the promises of God. To God, there's no space in time. If God promised you one year and it's 50 years later, it's the same as if that promise came to you days ago. Can you understand this, saints? And so we see this tremendous loss. 
Now, I want you to understand something. This tremendous loss did not mean that the ones that are going to reign on David's throne, though their kingdom has been shrunk in size to 20% of what it should be. If you notice, there is a continuity and a pattern throughout the Davidic dynasty that is consistent. And that is when the sons of David, the descendants of King David, walk in the ways of King David, and they walk with the heart of King David, then everything God promised Solomon happens to those kings. And the words that are used in the biblical language are, they had honor and riches in abundance. Are you following me? So if you follow the pattern, Rehoboam was sinned who lost everything because he refused to receive the counsel of those who sat on Solomon's, uh, in Solomon's advisory, those that were advising King Solomon. When Jeroboam initially came with the tribes of Israel and said, your father scourged us with, scorp with, uh, with whips. Ease somewhat of the burden that your father laid upon us, and we will be your servants forever. And he consulted with the wise men, men of old, representing, representing the wisdom of God, representing those men who consulted with King Solomon and were Solomon's advisors in the days of Solomon's glory. How many of you would like to have an advisor that sat on the committee advising Solomon for the wisdom of God in Solomon's glory days? Wouldn't you say that's awesome? They didn't consult with philosophy or vain deceit. They were speaking about the wisdom of God's word. And they were speaking about the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the prosperity that comes from the word of God when we walk in his ways and keep his commandments. Are you with me, saints? Do you understand what the text is teaching? And so Rehoboam consulted with the old man and the old men, the zeken. Zeken meaning not just old in age, but wise. They said, go and return to them and say to them that I will ease your burden and they will be your servants forever. But then the colleagues of Rehoboam said, you're Rehoboam, you do not need to do that. Tell them that even as my father whipped you with whips, I'm going to whip you with scorpions. And that my little finger is going to be thicker than my father's hand. And the people rebelled. And in one day, in one bad decision that is not from God, Rehoboam lost everything. And from that point, Israel was split. 
two kingdoms, which was never God's will. Two kingdoms in one nation. Samaria being the capital of Israel and the ten tribes of the north. And Judah being the, the southern kingdom and Jerusalem being the capital of Judah. Now I want you to know something. I want to show you a pattern. And this pattern is so powerful because in this pattern, you and I are going to see the spiritual significance of following God. Go with me just for a moment. And I want to show you, beloved saints, about in the merit of. I want to show you how even though there was only two tribes for those descendants of David, when they walked in the ways of God, God made it as if they were as successful as if they had the entire 12 tribes under them. Do you understand? God made it with the same influence to the nations that they should have had had the 12 tribes remained, though they were at loss in 80%. Hello, somebody. I'm speaking to somebody here. Though they were at loss at 80%, they were operating under a 20% population. A 20% influence, a 20% the kingdom had shrunk. But God was able to give the same influence. The same influence, the same riches, the same honor, and the same abundance to the kings who walked in the ways of King David. So that the 20% was as if it was 100%. I'm speaking to someone tonight. Somebody ought to turn to their neighbor and say, tonight I'm about to receive a nothing is missing anointing. Come on. Tonight I'm about to receive a nothing is missing anointing. Touch your neighbor and say, supernatural solutions come on supernatural solutions hallelujah you don't need to go to the world for your solutions you just go to the word of god i'm going to give you some background on in the merit of all right second kings chapter 19 verse 34 says for I will defend this city for my servant David's sake. This is completely out of context. What, what, what's going on here in, uh, in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 34? In 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 34, the entire land of Judah was surrounded by Sennacherib, king of Assyria. And did you know that Assyria had already taken, this is later in Israel's history, the, the um, Sennacherib's army had already taken the entire northern kingdom captive, along with all the nations surrounding Judah. But there was a king on David's throne who walked in the ways of his father David. 
Hello, somebody. I said, he walked in the ways of his father David. Let me read you from 2 Chronicles 29 so we know what we're talking about here. So you have the scriptural reference. The Bible says Hezekiah began to reign when he was 5 and 20 years old. He reigned 9 and 20 years in Jerusalem. Verse 2, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And in all that David his father had done. Walking in the ways of David released the promises God gave to David that were manifested in Solomon. So what happens? The city is surrounded. But Hezekiah is walking with God. His heart is perfect before God. Turn to your neighbor and say, my biggest, my greatest concern on this earth should not be anything of this world. My greatest concern in this earth should be, is my heart perfect before God? Come on, is my heart perfect before God? Somebody ought to say, when my heart is perfect before God, I receive an anointing with nothing missing. I said, with nothing missing. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to praise the Lord. Now, what had happened to King Hezekiah is all the nations got wiped out around Israel because of Sennacherib. He not only took the northern kingdom of Israel, took Jeroboam's descendants, and not only took those who walked in the ways of Jeroboam after Jehu, it was no longer Jeroboam's descendants, but they all walked in the ways of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. They all sinned. Every single one of the kings of the uh, apostate throne, they all sinned against God. Every single one of them. None of them walked in the ways of God. Only David's descendants. Hello. So they went into captivity, and they were taken, and all the nations around, the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, all of the area of Tyre and Sidon, which is southern Lebanon today in those territories, Syria, everything. It was all taken over by Sennacherib. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord. And the Bible tells us, if we look at the narrative, what did God promise Solomon on the night that Solomon's, Solomon went to Gibeah and he had the dream? He said, because you asked for this thing, I'm going to give you what you did not ask for. I'm going to give you honor and riches in abundance like no king before you has ever had. That was a blessing in the merit of David for his descendant. Now watch this. If you notice, the Bible tells us, verse 27 of 2 Chronicles 32, Hezekiah had exceeding much riches and honor. Wow. Because he's walking in the ways of God. He just accessed the blessing of Solomon on his life. Are you hearing this? Though he only has still 
two tribes, it never increased. It always stayed at the 20% level. But yet his influence and his economic worth is as if he has 10 tribes, 12 tribes. Are you hearing this? Turn to your neighbor and say, nothing is missing anointing. So when Sennacherib surrounded the city of Jerusalem, Isaiah the prophet gave a word and said, no arrow is going to even fly into this city and God's going to defend this city for my servant David's sake. In the merit of David. Hallelujah. Zahut laid up for the descendants when they're walking in the ways of God. Somebody should shout the victory. And what happened was when the city was surrounded by over 180,000 troops of Sennacherib's army. While Hezekiah was sleeping and all of Jerusalem was sleeping, the Lord sent an angel and wiped out Sennacherib's army. So do you know what happened? What was ordained for Solomon? You see, what was ordained for Solomon is that Everyone would see the Lord in his kingdom and other nations would come and bring him gifts. The queen of Sheba came and brought him gifts. Other kings from other nations came and brought him gifts. But now for Hezekiah, even Babylonians, even kings from other countries are coming and bringing Hezekiah gifts. Hallelujah. So the same level of influence that he would have had with 12 tribes. I said the same level of influence that he would have had with 12 tribes, though he only has two tribes, he's operating on 20%. Somebody ought to say, nothing is missing. Shout the victory, saints. Hallelujah. Same thing. Let's go to Jehoshaphat, shall we? Let's go to Jehoshaphat. Oh, hallelujah. The influence God gave to Hezekiah, the riches God gave to Hezekiah, the wealth God gave to Hezekiah, the other nations that came and heard the word and saw God lifted up and magnified. That's what he wanted to do with the kings of the Davidic dynasty. Are you hearing this? Glory to God. Watch this. Let's go back. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not reading history. I'm reading prophetic retrospect. Come on. I'm not reading history. I'm reading prophetic retrospect. Are you hearing this tonight? Hallelujah. We're going to 2 Chronicles. And we are going to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 17. Watch this. Watch the language. The Bible says, Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his stead. 2 Chronicles 17.1. And he strengthened himself against Israel. What does that mean? That means that there was a tremendous rift between the north and the south. And there was a constant threat of civil war. And verse 2, and he placed 
forces in the fenced cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, which Azah his father had taken. Now watch this. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat. Watch this. Because he walked in the first ways of David, his father. Hallelujah. And sought unto the Lord and not unto Balaam. Did you see that, saints? Somebody ought to say in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, tonight I receive that anointing. Now watch this. He walked in the first ways of David, his father. This means that he was completely sensitive about anything in his heart that was going to displease God. He never let a thought rise that was displeasing to God. He never let a word come out of his mouth that was displeasing to God. What are the ways of David, his father? David's whole life was based on prayer and based on an interior life with God. It was all based on not a word coming out of my mouth that's going to displease God. You say, Dr. Corral, come on now. Isn't that a little far-fetched? This is what the Bible says in Psalm 39. Now, I know there are a lot of folks who say you can't, you know, God of the Old Testament and God of the New Testament, which is total heresy. Because he's the same God. Hello? And for those who say the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, it's just Marcionism, which was an early church heresy resurrected. So we need to know the word of God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hello? Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're looking at Psalm 39 as an example because tonight is not is not a study on the ways of David. It's a study on nothing is missing anointing. We're seeing the Bible says that David said, I will take heed unto my ways, that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. How many of you know it's not easy to keep your mouth with a bridle when the wicked is before you? How many of you know that's the time you want to say a thing or two? But touch your neighbor and say, don't mess up your miracle. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Come on. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Are you hearing this, saints? All right, so he walked in the first ways of David, his father. Going back, let's look and see. He walked in the first ways. Okay, that's great. But does, is there any evidence that he had equivalent to what Solomon had? Is there any evidence that that anointing that was on Solomon as the son of David, is there any evidence like Hezekiah who had riches and honor in abundance? That's what Solomon had. Are you hearing this? He had influence. The nations came. Did it really happen to all the descendants that walked in the ways of David and those that didn't, didn't get it? Are you with me? They cut off their own blessing. Watch this. 
Verse 4, but he sought to the Lord God of his father. Who does he mean? Not Azza, to David. And he walked in his commandments and not after the doings of Israel. Therefore, the Lord established the kingdom in his hand. And all Judah brought Jehoshaphat presents. And he had riches and honor in abundance. Somebody ought to say that's the anointing of David's seed. Come on. That's the Zahut laid up for the descendants of King David. You seeing that? All right. So what are we talking about here? We're coming down now. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.